you do this, you'll be twice as productive. Mm-hmm. Or you can get the same amount accomplished in half the time. I'm interested in being able to work less mm-hmm. and accomplish the same amount of work. In fact, commercial real estate, I think, is terrible with the whole idea that, man, to be successful in this business, you got to get here at 6 a.m., and you're going to work till 8, rinse and repeat. But that's not what I'm trying to accomplish. I'm trying to build a great business here and be present with my family. Well, so, Bo, uh, what are you teaching me today? Well, I thought we'd do something maybe a little different today okay. and just talk about productivity. Oh, yeah. Nice. Now, this applies to commercial real estate just like it applies to anything else. You know, we've got a generational history of Granddad Barron was a worker mm-hmm. until the day he retired and then he was done, mm-hmm. right? Grandpa Rogers was a worker, mm-hmm. you know. Our dad was a worker, and if you look at the six of Mom us. Mom, too. Oh, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Mom, too. Yeah, I don't but yeah. If you look at the six of us, we don't have a bum among us. Oh, right. Yeah. Well, me, kind of. No. <laughs> look, no. <laughs> you, you have a non-traditional pay schedule, I sure, would say. But sure. like you work at your craft yeah. just like the rest of us. Yeah. And I don't think anybody could pretend to call you lazy. Uh, yeah. It's really the opposite. Mm-hmm. Like all I've seen from you is dedication to your craft. Yeah putting the work in even when you were in the band y'all worked it like a yeah, business right and, you know i was i was always impressed at just what i saw you know doing things that looked like play uh, right but approaching it like a business yeah and putting the work in so you know as i look at like our siblings and stuff you know everybody is a worker mm-hmm. and you know granddad baron worked seven days a week mm. i would consider too much mm-hmm Dad did that when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. He worked seven days a week. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, he tells a story about how, I forget exactly what it was, but essentially granddad told him that he worked too much or mm. freed him up not to do that anymore. Yeah. So most of our lives, uh, maybe from the point where I was, I don't know, seven, eight, nine, ten, 10, and, you know, mm-hmm. if I were 10, you were just being born. Right. Our dad put in the work during the week. Didn't bring work home with him. Mm-mm. Didn't work weekends. Mm-mm. Like he was present and uh, he wasn't present for all of us all the time because there were six of us. Sure. You know, sure. but he was present. He wasn't the workaholic dad who was never around. That's like, right. Not at all. That's right. It was a great blessing for us. You know, we're from this family that values work, working hard as part of the DNA. But at the same time, we've got a great example in our dad of somebody who wasn't the workaholic Dad, mm-hmm. so a lot of my career, I've been really interested in. Uh, well, I've kind of had competing uh, forces in the back of my mind. Mm. One is, I'm the third generation uh, of this company, and uh, the boss's son, and I want to make sure that nobody can ever look at me and say, you know, he was just skating on his last name. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. so there's this there's this desire to make sure that I work hard enough and that I'm skilled enough that no, if anybody said I it, earn, they couldn't back it up. Like I've it. earned what I've gotten, kind of. Yeah, but at the same time, I'm a gene pool lottery winner in this sure. town. You know, yeah, everything's easier because of our last name mm-hmm. for me in this town, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that's a reality, but I want to make sure that. It, that I live up to that at yeah. the same time. So that, that, there's that part of me. God, you're the, good at that too. Anyway, go well, ahead. Thanks. The other part is how can I get more done in less time? Mm-hmm. Like how can I be more efficient and productive? And I've 
read a lot of books on that. I've kind of geeked out on that. And mm-hmm. I think I think I've gotten to a point where I'm starting to hit my stride mm. on some some of the like time management and uh, productivity hacks that I use. And so I thought we'd talk about that because nice. regardless of who is listening to this episode and what industry they're in, this could be applied, you know, universally. Yeah. So I thought I'd just talk through kind of what I do from a high level and break it down. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I love it. I, I love, I mean, uh, it's so much of the content that I watch or have watched for so long is how to be more efficient or stuff. And plus having ADHD too, there's so much out there on what can help, you know, certain structures or planning that can help someone with ADHD to uh, get done those, just those awful, awful tasks (laughs) (laughs) that bring no dopamine. (laughs) So, uh, yeah. So uh, this is exciting to me. Okay. Yeah. Good. And uh, if you, the listener, uh, just wish we'd stick with commercial real estate and just let us know in the comments and, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, you're welcome to watch another podcast. That's right. You know, you'll be missed. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I think the, the, at the highest level, the idea here is do the day, the week, the month, the quarter, the year, whatever time period you want to like do it on purpose. Mm -hmm. It's more about doing it on purpose than doing it the most efficient way or the right way or the wrong way. Like I focus more on doing it on purpose. Mm -hmm. If I'm wrong about something, then I can adjust, Mm -hmm. but I want to, I want to do things on purpose by default. I'm not that way Mm -hmm. by default. I like to show up and react to what the day throws at me or the week. And I enjoy like the pivots and the different, Mm -hmm. the different, like I enjoy that. So it's really easy for me to just go default mode and just take what the day throws at me. And then I get to the end of the day and I generally feel like this. I kind of had fun today. Mm -hmm. I didn't get anything accomplished that I needed to. And I've got a sense of overwhelm Mm -hmm. gurgling up in the pit of my stomach Mm -hmm. that, starts to stress me out a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, my sleep is affected. And at this point in my life at age 46, I can tell mentally if I didn't get great sleep. Mm-hmm. I can't recall things as well. Like mm-hmm. I can actually tell the difference now. Yeah, and I can at 36. Yeah, I don't remember. Like I don't remember at 36. I don't, like I don't remember making that distinction, but now... And I've got a watch that tells me now if I had good sleep or not. Oh, yeah, sure. So maybe it's yeah. a little bit of... So the, the key overarching idea for me, though, is let's go into a day on purpose. And then we'll debrief at the end. Um, I'm, I'm not good at this yet. But like, if I could just spend five or ten minutes at the end of the day thinking through, okay, what went well? What didn't go well? What can I do better? What did I try that was a train wreck or... Mm-hmm. If, if something went well, like how could we recreate that experience? Mm-hmm. Um, and then go into the next day, make some tweaks and, and do it on purpose again. Yeah. If we start at, at the idea that, you know, we're going to do things on purpose, then it's like how, how broad a time period do you want to start setting some goals and, and dreaming about what's possible? Yeah. And I've done this a number of different ways. Uh, I, guy by the name of Donald Miller has a goal setting program. I forget what he calls it. 
And I did this two years ago. In fact, I found it yesterday. I found my plan. Yeah. And the way he has you do it is, uh, okay, a year from now, what do you want to be true? I think it was five years from now, what do you want to be true? And then 10 years from now, what do you want to be true? So you're going to set some goals as far as 10 years out, five years out. And, and the question is, what do you want to be true? About you. Yeah. What do you want to be true about well, you in one he year? He comes at it That's from a, a point of like storytelling. Mm -hmm. So like, what do you want the story of your life to be for the next year? Yeah. Or the next 10 years? So you start at 10 years. You just dream about what's possible. Then, okay, if that's going to happen, where do you need to be in five years? And if that's going to happen, where do you need to be in a year so you can be on your way to those things? Reverse engineer. Yeah. And so I went through that process, and that one didn't stick for me. Mm. Um, I bet it works really well for a lot of people. Dad loves for it. Me. Yeah, he would love yeah. something like that. Um, and when I was looking at it, I did this two years ago, and I found it yesterday. Yeah. And I was looking at him, and I was like, oh, no, no. Uh -huh. Now, it doesn't matter to me that, like, Things have changed since then. Life still gets a vote mm -hmm. on what goes on. Doing things on purpose doesn't mean that you're, it's going to pan out, that the result is going to pan out as you thought. Certainly right? doesn't. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But I think you've got a much better chance to get to where you want to go mm -hmm. if you get there on purpose versus, you know, ship without a sail. engine or sail or, yeah. or whatever the metaphor is, you know. A dinghy. A dinghy. Yeah. An escape dinghy. Quit playing with your dinghy. <laughs> Tommy boy. Tommy boy. Yeah, yeah I, know, I know. That That's one thing I've tried. Uh, I know Michael Hyatt has a uh, a goal setting course that I've tried. That That's uh, that's a pretty good one. Um, mm -hmm. Matter of fact, I did that one year. It, it took a little bit more brain damage than I was willing to repeat. Mm. It seemed it, it was... Mean? it took some work to go through his process for mm -hmm. me and it took like more thinking than I was willing to repeat every year. Yeah. You know? However, the one year I did it, like when I looked back at the end of the year, like, man, that was a wildly successful year. And a lot of the things that I tried to accomplish, I think like 90, 95% of them we absolutely nailed. Oh, wow. So it was effective. Yeah. Yeah. But not enough for me to do, Again, but it'd be like which was probably a mistake. But a lot of brain power at the planning stage yep. or the goal setting stage. Yep. That yeah, gotcha. That you didn't feel like you would look forward to every year. Yep. But yeah, okay. Naturally, I like uh, I think forward, but not very far forward. I've I've learned because as I try to set goals further out in the future, or or like solidify vision for the future of our company that goes out beyond more than a year or two, it gets real muddy real fast for me. Like mm. I struggle with that process. And um, so- Is it because that 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 end goal there is, do you feel like you're kind of need, need to make a selection though you don't know exactly what that goal is? I, I don't really know why. Like mm. I, it's like the further out in the future, the more I need, glasses for clarity like mm -hmm. i just don't see so clearly mm -hmm. but you go out like the next six months and i can with a lot of clarity tell you exactly what i want to accomplish yeah and and i think some of that is because of the way i set goals and break down into quarters and weeks and and every mm -hmm. specific day but uh i think some of it's just because i think that way but you get much further out than that and it 
like I don't see 2020 anymore. Yeah, yeah. You know, and mm-hmm. it becomes muddier and muddier and it is a little bit of a struggle for me. So I joined Strategic Coach. Um, I'm about a year and a half in. And dad was in Strategic Coach, I think, for about a decade mm-hmm. when we were growing up. Like I remember the Strategic Coach materials mm-hmm. in his office and mm-hmm. I would like grab it and read some of it and stuff. And so when I joined... Uh, I wasn't starting from zero. I had a little bit of information about what uh, the coaching program looked like. But the way they have us set goals and break things down is the one that has worked for me the best. And so here's kind of what you started a year. And so I'm going to schedule a couple uh, couple days at the cabin. Mm -hmm. I've done this the last couple of years in December. I go up there and I'm alone for a couple days and I plan the next year. Mm-hmm. I'm goal setting. I'm trying to think through what are our opportunities? What's the year look like? How are we going to transition or pivot? How are we going to do things more effectively? How can we look at kind of the tea leaves on where we are in the market cycle and, and prepare ourselves to take advantage of what's to come in the coming year and dream a little bit. And I really enjoy a couple of that. I, I literally just, you know, cabin middle of the woods mm-hmm. fire in the fireplace me and some paper mm-hmm. and i just try to dream a little bit the the year is kind of the bounds of my natural mm-hmm. ability to see clearly when i'm thinking about the future mm-hmm. i just break it down and since i've done it the last two years of the same what i do is i review the previous year's goals mm-hmm and see what naturally just flows out of that. So I'm not starting from zero. It was harder to do this the first time I did it. But this will be year three of me doing this process. And so just going through, and I'm trying to come up with maybe three to five, just if we just accomplish three, four, five, maybe big things next year, what could those be? And are you talking business with this right now? Or is this... No, I'm are, not. are there a couple buckets like personal, business? Yeah, there's now. When I say three to five things, I want to. I was thinking about the business. The business, yeah, yeah, right, yeah. But there will be another bucket of like marriage uh, goals, or yeah, the personal family type stuff. Mm-hmm. So this year, one of the goals was to do a trip with each of my kids, mm-hmm. just me and them. Yeah, yeah. So you know, the the goal there is to build a deeper relationship and create meaningful memories with my kids Mm -hmm. so that when they're older and they get into tough situations, they want to talk to me about it. So that's just an example of what might be in the personal bucket. There's a health bucket because look, Mm -hmm. and this is becoming more clear to me as I get older is doesn't matter how much money we make. doesn't matter how good our relationships are. It doesn't matter any of this other stuff. If I've got crappy health or die at a young age, like I want to have an impact on generations of my family. And if I'm not taking care of myself. Right. So, yeah, there are different buckets. Mm -hmm. But I I work on these um, one-year goals. And then I just start to break them down into quarters. This is where the strategic coach stuff really, really helps is they have this weekly planner that is a quarter at a time. And so at the beginning of this planner, I'm going through and I'm breaking down those yearly goals into, okay, what has to happen with this stuff this quarter? Mm. And my executive assistant, Alice, who's also our uh, podcast producer. Yeah, Alice. She holds me accountable to this stuff. 
And so at the beginning and the end of every quarter, we go through, all right, how did we do? Mm-hmm. And then what are your goals for the next quarter? Mm-hmm. Like she makes sure that I do these things. Now it's starting to become a habit, but man, that accountability really helps. And it doesn't need to be an executive assistant. It could be, you know, a friend or a work colleague or whatever situation you're in. Just grab somebody who cares about you mm-hmm. and ask them to help you, you know, just a handful of times a year. How'd you do last quarter? Uh, are you... Are you going into this quarter with a plan on mm-hmm. purpose, proactively trying to accomplish certain things? That just helps a lot. And so then we break it down into quarterly goals. Now, I don't do all four quarters at one time. I do it quarter by quarter. Okay. I might get further along on something than I anticipated, or I might lag behind so that when we get to the next quarter, I might be adjusting. So I'm not going you know, just one quarter at a time. Mm-hmm. We're continuing to break these down um, into smaller chunks. So then I've got these quarterly strategic goals. Look, to get clear, just get some clarity. You you attack quarter one, and then towards the end of quarter one, you look at quarter two, or yeah. So you're just focused yes. on quarter one. Yep. Quarter two will come when it comes. Yeah, so at the end of quarter one, I'm not going off anywhere. I'm going to meet with Alice probably for 20 minutes. Mm -hmm. And we're going to go through, okay, here's what we were trying to accomplish in quarter one. Gotcha. We did or we didn't. We got 80% there or whatever. And then based on that, we're going to set quarter two. Yeah. And we might have learned some things in quarter one. I'll give you an example. I was looking at uh, at that goal stuff I found, like the Donald Miller version. Mm -hmm. And one of the things was at the time, this is two years ago, we were going to move our office into Tower Place and I was going to renovate some vacant space into hub space like we've done here essentially. Mm -hmm. But I was going to do it at Tower Place. What I didn't know at that point was how much it was actually going to cost to do that. And it was triple what I expected. And so once we found out what it would cost. Like we killed that. Like we're not going to do that. You know, you adjust on the fly when you have more information. So that might happen throughout the quarter. So yeah, sure. once you go into the quarter with a plan and you know exactly what you're trying to accomplish. And then every week I plan out the week and this is a one pager. Every one of those days I deem as a free, a focus or a buffer day, free days. You don't work. Mm-hmm. All right. These are generally for me, Saturdays and Sundays. You don't work. It's with the family. Uh, I try not to check email. Honestly, I'm not great at these days. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm generally doing a little bit of work or whatever. But the idea of a free day, they're not rewards for work. Mm. Okay. You don't work all week and then you get the reward of free days. Sure. Free days are the necessary recharge so that you're fully focused and ready to attack the work week. Mm-hmm. All right. So they're mm-hmm. a little bit. Matter of fact, they suggest that we schedule all our free days a year in advance. Oh, wow. Like your vacations, your everything. Mm-hmm. I hadn't gotten to that point where I'm that good at that. But yeah. I'm given every day a name. Then, so the, there's the free days. Generally for me, it's Saturday and Sunday. Is there is there a certain number that they recommend per week when it comes to free days? Not necessarily. No. But two is what you're shooting but for. But look, to the entrepreneur who has time freedom, do whatever you want, whatever makes sense. Mm-hmm. Right? right. But for me, I generally work Monday through Friday and mm-hmm. I don't generally work Saturday and Sunday. Right. So the okay. other days are focus or buffer days. Mm-hmm. Focus days are days, full days, where I'm trying to spend 80% of my day on the things that make the most impact on the business. 
the stuff that only I can do, that I want to be in my unique ability, creating a tremendous amount of value for the company, creating podcast episodes would fall into that category. Mm -hmm. Meeting with prospects and clients, like face-to-face with people who might do business with us falls into that category. Writing falls into that category. Working on the business, like creating new systems and processes within the business to make us more efficient and effective. Those are the areas where I create the most value and fall more in my unique ability. Mm -hmm. Those are focus days. And Alice holds me accountable to these, mm-hmm. right? And then the buffer days, they're there to prepare for your free days and your focus days. So it's basically a day that you set aside to put out fires, to to react, I guess, essentially. Now, what I'm doing on purpose today is reacting to what needs my attention. That's not a part of the 80%. Yeah. Or- if you know going into the week when my for instance, with Alice, like we're scheduling a lot of meetings and she does that for me. Mm-hmm. Well, she knows to protect the focus days mm-hmm. and schedule most of my meetings. Now, not like prospect meetings where I'm, we're trying to win business and stuff. Those are perfectly suited to be in focus days. Mm-hmm. But buffer days like committee meetings, uh, our team, our weekly team meeting here. Mm-hmm. We do it on Tuesdays. That's always a buffer day for me. Mm-hmm. We want to fill up those days that stuff. Gotcha. And so as yeah. she's scheduling for me, it helps her a lot to know which are my focus days, which are my buffer days, and right. she'll schedule accordingly. Oh, that's great. It is great. Yeah. When I go in every week, I know what days are what, free focus or buffer. I know if I only get three things accomplished this week, what are they? Like I decide on a piece of paper, I physically write it down. Your top three priorities. Like if I only do one thing this week, what is it? That's box one. If I only Mm do one more thing this week, what is it? It helps to differentiate between the important and just the urgent. Mm -hmm. And then after those three things, like what are the strategic projects that I'm working on? And what's the next step for each one of those? All right. Mm -hmm. At this point, I haven't put anything on a calendar I've just decided what days are what, Mm -hmm. and I've decided, okay, what are the three things I have to accomplish this week? And then where are, what are my strategic projects? Those flow right back to those quarterly and annual goals. Mm -hmm. And what's the next step for each one of those? And then I also write down who's involved in that step. Mm. All right. So it's just, I'm doing a little bit of thinking on purpose before we get to the week. Mm -hmm. Then I take a picture of that and I slack it to Alice Mm -hmm. and then she starts to fill in calendars and take that information and start to schedule some things, hold me accountable. She keeps my to-do list that we review every morning. And so that is the going into every week on purpose. That's made a huge difference to my productivity Mm. and to my sense of peace when I go home. Mm -hmm. When I'm not using that planner, that weekly planner, and I'm reacting all week long. Too much is important. Yes, and I get to the weekend and my mind is preoccupied. Mm-hmm. Like Autumn will often ask me, and this is a, a, always a clue for me. She'll often ask me if I'm upset. Mm-hmm. I'm not upset. I'm preoccupied. Mm-hmm. Like my wheels are turning. I don't have the, I'm not a walking smile. I find myself there. I, I'm still able to put a smile on it, but I find myself uh, in, in that spot often. So she, uh, if she ever asks me that, I know kind of 
get into that place of overwhelm. Mm -hmm. I've stopped doing things on purpose. I'm reacting. Therefore, I think there's all kinds of stuff that's slipping through the cracks. And that's where I get my stress from. Mm -hmm. I don't, and I hate that feeling. Mm -hmm. uh, so that's when I know I need to, to get back in mm -hmm. the program, so to speak, and start going back to doing everything on purpose. Yeah. Now, here's the new thing that I've just started doing that I really, because that kind of takes us from the annual goals to the quarterly goals to, you know, a plan for every week. Mm -hmm. That all helps. And I've been operating that way for about 18 months. But now, about two weeks ago, uh, have you ever heard of a guy named Cal Newport? I don't think so. Okay, he wrote this book called Deep Work. In fact, I think he's written six or seven or eight books, maybe more than that. He's in his 30s. And oh, wow. he's a, I think he's a neuroscientist, very, very smart. Professor of computer science at Georgetown University. Computer science, okay. Yeah. So he wrote this book called Deep Work. The premise behind the book is you lose momentum every time you shift from one thought to the next. Yeah. Like multitasking is a farce. You mm -hmm. don't actually multitask. And every time you switch back and forth, you lose capacity mm -hmm. and you burn time. Mm. And so what he's been real successful is uh, doing is creating chunks of time mm -hmm. where he gets completely off the grid. There's no social media. There's a, And he does deep work, hot, like deep mm -hmm. thinking, long blocks of time where he's not uh, interrupted. His yep. team knows to leave him alone. And this is how he churns out books, does research. Mm -hmm. um, he's involved in a bunch of different enterprises. And, you know, you would look at somebody like him and think, and how on earth do you have time to do all this stuff? And it's because of deep work. So he created a deep work planner. And so I was listening to his podcast. I heard him talking about this and I was like, all right, this might be the, the thing that takes me from a, a weekly plan mm -hmm. to attacking every day on purpose. Mm -hmm. So here's that, I should have brought it. It's actually at the house. I'll, I'll describe it to you though. What you do here is you've got a, a grid on a piece of paper, okay? You got a grid and you write in the hours. You know, it's like mm -hmm. a calendar with the, you know, an hourly block with a little line in the middle for 30 minute segments and stuff like that. You write in the times. So if you start work at 10 a.m. and work till 7, or if you start work at 6 a.m. and work till 4, or whatever the case may be, you write in your hours, mm -hmm. right? So it's very easy to personalize. And then what you do is you give every minute of your day a job. Mm. And so here's how I start. I put in uh, meetings that I have to have. I write them in first. A couple of those I'm going to have to drive to and from. And so I've blocked time for the actual travel. You know, I'll meet with Alice at 9.30. We'll go over my week. That's our morning sync. I've written that in. Mm -hmm. But I generally get here at about 8 o'clock. So from 8 to 9.30, I block that time out, and I've named it email and tasks. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to spend that time in my email, uh, cleaning it up from the weekend, responding to people, catching up. And then I've got a list of my tasks that comes from my weekly planner. And so what I'll do is, you know, if you think of the sheet of paper with the hours and I'm just numbering like the first column here, mm -hmm. well, over to the side, like I'm, I literally just write tasks and I start listing the tasks I want to accomplish throughout the day. And so when I have an hour and a half from eight to nine thirty to do email and tasks, I'm going to do some email and then I'm going to start working through those tasks. Sure. And then later on in the day, you know, there's one of those big three that I want to accomplish tomorrow. And so I've blocked off an hour 
sometime tomorrow, I forget when, to do that one thing. Mm-hmm. And then I've nailed one of the three, the big three for the week. Mm-hmm. He gives you on this sheet of paper like four or five columns of the same essential uh, like hourly calendar grid things. Mm-hmm. And the reason you do that is often, you know, you don't understand how long something's going to take. And so you give yourself an hour and you only get a halfway done. Mm-hmm. And, or maybe you're in a meeting that was supposed to last for 30 minutes and it lasted an hour. Well, now you've jacked up the rest of everything. Mm. And so what you do is you go to the next column and you readjust. Mm. You take five minutes and you say, okay, I don't have as much time to do all this as I thought I did. So let's attack the rest of the day on purpose, knowing now mm. what I didn't know before. Mm-hmm. And you just redo it. And so it allows you to keep shifting when your plan is blown. Oh, wow. Because it gets blown every day. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Every single day. But it gives you the framework to sort of just adjust to that. Now, that's that's the right shot, right side of the sheet. On the left side, you know, you just got an open box at the top where you can track certain, maybe it's prospect calls, maybe it's meetings. And then below it are, are you know, split in half. There's tasks and ideas. And this is why this really works for me. I'll be doing something else and I have an idea. Yeah. What I would generally do is, I'm going to Google that. And 30 minutes later, I'm still chasing that rabbit of an idea, which may be a good idea or not. Instead of doing that, I just go over to that section and write down the idea. Now, it's there. I don't have to worry about it anymore. And I can get back to what I was doing. Uh, You know, I've cataloged that idea and I don't have to hold it in my head. I don't have to use any kind of mental bandwidth to mm-hmm. not forget it or whatever. And if I remember a task that I need to do that I hadn't thought of, oh, I need to get Autumn's new tires on on her vehicle, mm-hmm. which is true. And that, that pops in. I just write it down on, on the task section. Mm-hmm. And it allows me to like just get them over there. Dump it off. And yeah. keep keep doing what I'm doing, which keeps my mind clear. Yeah. You know. So I've done this for three weeks now, uh, not very well. Like it, it's a process of kind sure. of learning. But here's some of here's some things I don't know yet. Mm-hmm. It is hard to do this, mm. to time block your entire day. And every time I have to adjust, it's like a gut punch mm. to me. Like my, mm. it's like my stress levels rise. Mm. Now I have been much more productive in the days that I've done this. Like. Cal Newport claims you do this, you'll be twice as productive mm-hmm. or you can get the same amount accomplished in half the time. I'm interested in either one of those outcomes. Like I'm not going to work more. I'm interested in being able to work less mm-hmm. and accomplish the same amount of work. Uh, in fact, commercial real estate, I think is terrible with the whole idea that, um, and to be successful in this business, you got to get here at 6am and you're going to work till eight and you're going to like, rinse and repeat every day. Mm-hmm. Now, here's the thing. Guys that do that and are productive and efficient, they might not have much of a marriage or much of a life outside of work. They will be wildly successful. And they might do more deals than a guy like me. Mm-hmm. Great. But that's not what I'm trying to accomplish. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm trying to build a great business here and be present with my family. Sure. And like, yeah. like there's things that are way more important to me than our business. Right, right, so, right. So balance. You know, you can work as much as you want, but like I'm, I don't care ever in our whole company. I never care how much somebody works. Like we're a results driven company. Mm-hmm. 
So yeah. some people have job descriptions that require you to open and close a place, mm-hmm. you know, and you need to be present. But for most of us, it's like, man, I don't care. I, like there are no time cards in this company. Mm-hmm. Like we, I don't track it. I don't care. It's the results that we care about. Mm-hmm. So yeah. So you've done it for about three weeks, and the oh, days yeah. you've done it are great. So the, it wears me out. Mm. Like Monday, every minute has a name. Like I've got it planned, and mm-hmm. I'll have to adjust it a couple times, and that's okay. Mm-hmm. But the end of those days, like I'm just on like week three here. Mm-hmm. I'm wasted. Mm-hmm. Like I'm spent. And I've been incredibly productive, but I am like, it takes a lot out of me. So I'm wondering is, will I adjust to that? Mm -hmm. Is it just, or because if that's how it is, I'm not interested. Right, right. If I don't adjust to that, I'm throwing this thing in the trash can. Sure, sure. It wouldn't be worth it. Yeah. But maybe it's I'm done at three o'clock and I go hit the gym, take a shower, and I'm refreshed by dinner and, Maybe there's some things like that. But yeah. I've noticed the first couple of weeks of doing this poorly and kind of get my feet under me in this sort of daily attack the day kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Like it's, and I have been, I have wildly overestimated what I thought. You could no, get done. I have underestimated mm. how long things take. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. So I've, I've gotten more done Story than I have before, but like. I didn't get anywhere near what the plan was. Done. Right. Like that task list, mm-hmm. like it's still mostly there. Right. You know, right. and he talks about this, that we as a species underestimate how long things will take. Mm-hmm. And the process of doing this over time, you'll learn and be able to better predict. And I bet when I get to that point where I know what I used to think would take an hour is now going to take an hour and a half. And I mm-hmm. plan for an hour and a half. And then I'm now I'm not adjusting the rest of the day because it took longer. I bet the stress of the system will go down. Yes. And I'll adjust to it better. But right now, like it is, I'm excited about the process. I mm-hmm. think it'll work. I'm committed to seeing it through for a period of time to see if I adjust to it and mm-hmm. kind of learn how long things take better. Man, it's a go home, eat dinner, and I'm ready to go to bed at about eight o'clock. Right. Know? And that's earlier than normal. Right. Yeah. You're not 50 yet. Um, <laughs> what do you know about willpower? I do know this, and I learned yeah. this from deep work. When you're in deep work, you burn a tremendous amount of calories mm. with your brain, like mm. thinking, like there's a tremendous amount of energy that's consumed doing that. Mm-hmm. And my guess is part of what I'm experiencing is I'm in deep work more than I'm used to, mm-hmm. and I'm burning more energy than I'm used to. Mm-hmm. And I think... That may be part of what's going on. Yeah. And the other thing that I know or that I've learned about willpower is that we only have so much, right? Your willpower is depleted like a gas tank. So when you do put like, what's, I want to hit these priorities first, doing that where my willpower is full, right? And and knock it. Because by the end of the day, you you don't have that willpower uh, anymore. So you only have so much to use. Um, yeah. And so, Yes. So as you are adjusting this, there is a ton of willpower that we use where we're not in the habit of doing that thing yet. And so you you will be exhausted as you are trying a new way of looking at your day for, you know, it could be 30 to 60 days 
um, as yeah. those neural pathways are getting through. And you're using wi less willpower to make it happen because it becomes more of a habit and automatic. Yep. Right? Um, and that's what I mean when I say, like, I'm committed to seeing it through. I'm I'm talking about that, like, yeah. 30, 60 days. Yes. Like, let's try to build these habits. We'll reassess it then. Yeah. And see if if we like it or what needs to be tweaked yeah. or, or whatever. But yeah, yeah, you try it for a week and you're like, oh, this doesn't work. And you didn't give it a shot. No, you didn't. You, you didn't no. give it enough time. So. No. Yep. And it's, it's funny because the more I learn about like habits and things, when they say something like, it's like brushing your teeth, right? Every day you go, you brush your teeth in the morning, at night, most people, and you don't think about it. That's just a part of your day. But for me, I have to think about brushing my teeth every time I brush my teeth. You know, it's it's something that um, just w when it comes to habits and doing things, people with ADHD, <laughs> a lot of those don't apply in the same way as uh, neurotypical, neurotypical people. There's neurodivergent. I might be getting the names of these. Wrong. Right. I don't know the meanings of any of those words, so we'll just yeah. go with it. Okay, great. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I think I think. That's it. But I want to show you this because what you're talking about, how things take longer. This I sent to Tara because this is every time I come to the office to edit or like finish a thing. Uh, how long will you be editing for? About an hour. Just a quick music change. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be back soon. <laughs> it's been 84 years. It's been 84 years. Now, only in my memory. <laughs> <laughs> That's correct. Yeah. <laughs> but when it comes to editing, um, that is just the most common thing. It always takes longer than you think. Always. Um, and then, of course, with ADHD, there's time blindness. Time Blindness is a real, real thing. So our ability to hyper-focus when we get in the flow, um, it's better for us to just ride it. You know, I don't know if it's better or not, but when you ride us, it, like you have no concept of time, time goes it? and it's like, Hey, drop everything else. <laughs> you know, oftentimes I, I have a big chunk of time set aside because I know once I get into it, um, if I break that concentration or break it up, it's just, pfft, um, and then like a to do a to do list for someone with ADHD is often considered a it's never going to get done list right so if you got to you think of something or you need it I love the idea of writing it down um, so you don't get derailed down a rabbit hole for that time but oftentimes if there is something I want to get done or needed to get done I will do it then it's like oh I've got to do this and and things like um, I, I think of like, oh, I got to pay the water bill or whatever. I'm not putting that on a to-do list. I have to do it in that moment or it's not going to get done. But when I – what I do often or when I do this, I find I feel a lot more productive and better at the end of the day is the day before I just do make chunks of time, right? Here's this chunk of time or what is it I want to get done tomorrow? What do I need to do? And – I set aside a chunk of time and then put my task in that, in that time. Um, 
and always try to give myself more time than usual. But I mean, that's what I'm talking about. Right. Is, you know, deciding on purpose, this is when, and this is what I'm going to do. And then take that thought process out throughout the whole day. Mm -hmm. So I'm literally deciding on purpose. Right. What I'm going to do tomorrow. Mm -hmm. And it's written down. And if the, when the day votes and throws something crazy at me, there are people who could call me tomorrow where I would say, all right, I'm going to call them back uh, during this chunk in the afternoon. Mm-hmm. All right. That's what that chunk's there for. Mm-hmm. All right. There are some people that would call where I'm kicking the whole plan to the curb. I'm taking their call. And another thing interesting about people with ADHD, when they get in the flow or they are in that hyper-focused mindset and uh, doing something, that uh, interruption rage i'm sure everybody experiences this to some degree but people with adhd often you get interrupted they they will bite at you and you're like whoa you know just a simple hey i got a quick like tara coming in like i got a quick question you know just the the simple fact of of the presence coming in saying hey babe you know i'm just like what (laughs) you know for no reason no fault of her own it's just i my flow has been broken Interruption rage. Interruption rage. Yep. Uh, um, uh, yeah. Is that it for now? I mean, that's my process at this point. Mm-hmm. It starts at a year. We break it into quarters, break it down to weeks. And now I've started to take that to the daily level. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I'm in this. I mean, like I was saying, where I am right now is in this state of trying something new for the mm-hmm. daily, and it's, uh, it's burning a lot more mental calories, and I'm going to have to adjust to it, but yeah. it seems to be working really well. Yeah, that's good. And I'm, so when I carry, like you see me with my backpack around, that's my mobile office. Yeah. You know, it's always got mm-hmm. my uh, my laptops in there, my uh, just a binder, notepad to take notes or whatever. And then it's got a nice leather-bound three-ring binder. Yeah. And in it is the the yearly plan and the the weekly planner that Mm -hmm. has the quarterly stuff in it. Mm -hmm. And now I've got Cal Newport's little, you know, it's a little bit smaller. Sure. Little daily planner. So now, you know, I've got those three things and they're pretty much with me all the time. I've got, I got a planner from Brendan Burchard, I think is his name. Mm, I've heard of him. Yeah. Uh, he's got a plan where it's very similar to what you're saying, but the only thing that's different is the goal is to be able to measure whether you are doing better or not. So when you do get to the end of the quarter, you'll look, of course, you look back and you see, where did I hit? But it, it gives you a, a sort of rating system, mm. you know, like – I did well in this area at like a seven. How do I get to an eight next next thing, right? So it gives you a way to yeah. measure those things, which I thought was interesting. Um, I got that workbook and I, I've always intended to go back to it. <laughs> 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 but I think the, the sim- for me, the simpler, the better. If I got a blank page, I'm looking at tomorrow, um, here are my chunks. Here are my chunks and... Um, Chucks the time, and I'm, I'm going to do everything I can to stay focused on that thing in that chunk. If I'm done early, great. Um, nice. So I think for 2024, and I hadn't I hadn't done the days at the cabin 
Mm-hmm. But in the back of my mind, what I've been chewing on is that the four or five main focuses of the company. Mm-hmm. One is uh, me and Brad Arns mm-hmm. are working on a investment fund, mm-hmm. which is really exciting. Two is to grow the grow the brokerage company through talent. So I'm talking with some guys about potentially joining the firm. Mm-hmm. And my role at this point is really to support our agents and help them be successful by uh, helping them source opportunities and then help them win that business. And then, you know, they can go and fulfill it Mm -hmm. with my support as much as they need. So I'm trying to bring on uh, some new folks, which is pretty exciting. And then uh, the podcast Mm -hmm. is, is a focus for next year. And then, uh, oh, and I'm going to teach more next year. That's me. That's where I feel like I'm in a flow state more than anything else I do. Yeah. I don't yeah. know if the students feel that way, but yeah. I, I really, I really, really enjoy the teaching. And at first I was thinking, and eh, maybe four times a year is the right number. I didn't want to be gone more than that. But, you know, with my kids at the age that they're at, if we can strategically pick the right weeks, I'm not missing a tremendous amount of stuff and mm-hmm. autumn's behind it. and. Mm-hmm. So I've got six assignments for next year. Might be able to do one or two more. So that's... And these are CCIM courses that you're teaching mm -hmm. in the different... (laughs) Well, here's my last thought on uh, the whole productivity thing. Mm -hmm. And this has been the single most impactful thing that I've done for my productivity ever. Mm. And it's, I hired Alice. Mm. To have a good executive assistant, whether, whether they're in person, or in my case, Alice is in the Philippines... I've done executive assistants. She's my second one that I've had. The first one I had, she's highly capable. She was in South Carolina, but she was part-time. She had me and somebody else. You know, I needed somebody that could really be dedicated to me full-time mm-hmm. and and really manage me. Mm-hmm. I needed an executive assistant that would keep me on my schedule and like do things that increased my productivity. So a lot of what Alice does are the things that I don't want to do and the things I don't do well. Mm-hmm. We meet every morning at 9.30 on Mondays, 9 o'clock every other day, and she takes me through my day. Mm. It's about a 10, 15-minute meeting. We call it our daily sync. Mm-hmm. On Mondays, she takes me through the week and the next week. Mm-hmm. So every Monday, we go through two weeks of the schedule. Every other day, it's uh, you know just that day. We talk about to-dos we're trying to accomplish and some things. Uh, she holds me accountable. She asks me if I've gone to the gym Mm. Something I asked her to do. Like I want you to ask me. I want to. I want to have to say Answer. that yeah. I went or I didn't. Right. She also handles my email, so she's in my email inbox all the time, getting rid of all the crap. So the only thing she leaves in there are the things that I need to address. Mm. So part of my email experience is not figuring out if this one needs my attention or oh not. Oh my god, that's amazing. It's amazing. That's amazing. I'm drowning in email where I just don't, I don't go to it. It's yeah. so overwhelming. You just avoid it. Yeah. Yeah. That used to happen to me in about once a month, I'd take a couple hours on the weekend and I'd just get to inbox zero and I'd just go through all yeah. the crap. It's like emails and I got so many DMs on uh, social media, mm-hmm. you know, and it's it just so many scams. So like hard to differentiate what's a real offer, what's a real mess. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Whoo. 
Yeah. Yeah. Now I don't have the issue on social media. I don't have an overwhelming amount of DMs or anything like that. Right. But she keeps a list of my top 50. All right. So these are family members. These mm. are important clients. These are other people. She tries to figure out from social media when their birthdays are, when their anniversaries are, mm. important dates. And then she tracks all of that. And in the weeks leading up to each one of those people's major events, mm -hmm. like we start talking about it. Do we want to do something about this? Do you want to send a letter or a gift or oh, whatnot? Oh, that's so great, yeah. And for instance, uh, traditionally, we haven't really done uh, birthday gifts amongst the siblings. Mm -hmm. There's a bunch of us and, you know. Right. Manja's birthday is coming up. Mm -hmm. I was like, well, let's, let's get her a gift. Mm -hmm. We don't traditionally do that, but I'm like, so what? Yeah. Let's get her a gift. She's like, well, what does she like? I was like, she likes jujitsu and dogs. Mm -hmm. She's like, all right, I'll send you a list with some options. <laughs> about an hour later, I get a list of about seven things. And I was like, that looks good. Send her that. Oh, She's wow. Like, what do you want to include in the gift? I don't even remember what I wrote. I just sent her a little message. I was like, put this in the note. And then, so oh. man's got a birthday gift for right. me. And I had very little to do with it. Right, right. right? I made the call. I actually wrote the note. Uh, I chose it from a pre-digested list right. where, where Alice did the, she's the research. The one, yeah. yeah. She does all my travel mm. and I travel quite a bit. So that's wonderful. Mm -hmm. So a lot of the requests that I get for meetings come via email. And so I'll respond and say, I have copied Alice, my assistant. She didn't let me touch my calendar anymore. Uh, mm -hmm. She's going to connect with you and find a place to... Mm -hmm. So she does all that. That's a huge help. Yeah. Uh, scheduling stuff. Schedules our podcast interviews. Yeah. You know, these sessions she schedules with you, like mm -hmm. she does with you. Mm -hmm. uh, at the end of every day, she sends me an email. Here, here's what we accomplished today. Oh, wow. Yeah. It's great. She's writing the standard operating procedures of our company. Mm. Wow. So like she's done the brokerage business and, and she's involved in the mm -hmm. brokerage business. And now she's working with Penny to do it for the property management business. Wow. She created a system for us using Notion where when anybody needs a listing agreement or a lease or a purchase agreement or an addendum to something or any of that, we have worksheets that fill out, we fill out. And then she creates those documents based on historical templates that we've used within the company. Mm. You're talking Penny? No, no Alice. Alice, yeah. In the Philippines, in her yeah. second language, will give us like a lease draft or wow. a, I know all you attorneys out there are like, you know, <laughs> all fired up right now, but uh, listing agreements, all that stuff. Like we go online, fill out a worksheet and about an hour later, all that stuff exists. Mm -hmm. It's unbelievable. Mm -hmm. And she's so good. I thought eh, Philippines, it's this country I know nothing about, but she's one of the brightest. Mm -hmm. She's uh, incredible. She's just a joy to work with, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. You know, so like just having her on the team makes the brokerage business work better. Personally, productivity wise, huge. More than any of the other stuff we talked about, like having an assistant like that to handle that stuff, so it frees me up to work on things that have more of an impact that right. only I can do in right. our business. And she schedules date night mm. for me mm -hmm. with me in autumn, um, all that stuff, yeah. you know? And you've had Alice for how long? February. So we started the podcast before she was on. Is that right? I think she started about the same about time the same. we started the podcast. Yeah, yeah, I remember meeting her. Do you know what I would love? What? I would love a podcast episode about 
the process you took to find a personal a virtual assistant. Okay. What it looks like as far as what is the information that you you had to give for it to work and be effective. And would even love the her perspective. Oh yeah, as we could a do virtual that. assistant, that'd I'd be love, a good episode. I uh, yeah, a lot of people could benefit from that because yeah. look, anybody who's making like probably eighty thousand dollars or more mm-hmm. can afford it, and would do way better with an Alice in their life and right. in their business, right? And uh, and people won't do it because they don't want to pay for it or whatever. There, yeah, um, there's I think there's a ton of mental blocks to doing it that an episode like this could help tear down and. The company Alice actually works for, and I contract with that company, it's called Superpowers HQ. Mm -hmm. Their founder is my coach and strategic coach. Oh, wow. So all these strategic coach ideas and and tools and stuff that I'm trying to implement into our business, they train her on. Oh, wow. And she helps me with. So like, I don't have to teach her that stuff. It's under that. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's huge. Like she's not part of strategic coach, but like there's a connection there. Right, right, right. There's an umbrella. Unbelievably helpful. I think that would be a great, that'd just be a great, we should, we should do that. Walk through the process of, of how you found it, got it, um, secured Alice, your learning experience of what do I give her to to make this work, and then we should bring Alice on and talk through what virtual assistants are looking for in the person oh, they're yeah. working with, right? Like, well, that'd be I could probably even learn how to utilize her, yeah, better and make it easier for her to help me, right? Be my guest, yeah. yeah, that'd be good. That'd be good, and I know, like. Uh, Tim Ferriss talks about it in four hour work week, you know, but it still doesn't go into it super deep. If I remember correctly, just the, pro- the process of doing it. Mm-hmm. Right. And, uh, cause there are some things like she has all my passwords to everything. Right. She's got my credit card information cause mm-hmm. she spends money on my behalf, mm-hmm. buying tickets and all that stuff. So there's ways to, there's certainly a level of trust. And I made a decision early on to start at a level of trust with her because mm-hmm. I trusted the founder of the company. Sure. Yeah. But like that would probably be a challenge for some people to get to. Big time. Big but, time. But like you, you take away half their effectiveness if you don't get there. You right. Know? Right. So yeah. Right. It's, it's like, what What are these things? Mm-hmm. And I, I wonder, do you know if Alice, or she, has she I, been a virtual assistant before you? In this I capacity? think I might be her first client. Yeah. Well, she is unreal. Yeah. Especially if the, if you are her first client. like. Well, they've got a really good training process, yeah. clearly. And they've got a community of virtual assistants, and they like they use each other. Like, they, mm. they help each other out. So, mm-hmm. like, there's a whole Slack channel in their company where all the executive assistants, and if Alice has a question, like, what do I do about this? Mm-hmm. There's more experienced people that are in that channel, and they're all oh, like... Right. Which is just really smart. Yeah, yeah. So smart. Wow. There's productivity. 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 Well, that was great. Cool. Okay. Hopefully that'll help some folks. I think it will. Yeah. Love it, brother. Love you, man. Bye, Alice. Bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Thank you for tuning in to Commercially Speaking. Please, if you haven't yet, hit that subscribe button. Like, share. That helps in this world. If you're listening on a podcast platform... 
any and all reviews that you write uh, do nothing but help us get everything that we're talking about into the right ears, into the right people. So we'll see you next week. Bye.